Good morning, angels. Good morning, Billy. <laughs> well, welcome to the See You Next Summer podcast. I'm your host, Billy Pollahan, and with me today, as always, is the Bosley to my Charlie, Ooh. Mr. Raul Rodriguez. And if you couldn't tell by the intro, uh, what are we doing? We're doing the classics, Charlie's Angels and Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. Not the Elizabeth Banks one. Nope, because they are they're <laughs> not part of the same continuity. So thankfully, no. Also, Elizabeth Banks, you screw it up. Oh Sorry. no, uh, we're continuing what I have now redubbed the late '90s, early 2000s blockbusters. This is Charlie's Angels and Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. Charlie's Angels came out in the year 2000. It was the very first movie directed by Mick G. You have definitely heard his name before. Especially mm-hmm. if you're a Supernatural fan. Yeah, because he's the secure producer of Supernatural. He's the one that trusted it in Eddie Cricky. So if it weren't for him, we would have never had the, the show. And we're talking about the somehow crazier sequel. The superior sequel. That tanked the franchise, but also has gotten a lot of critical love by certain circles. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was a big, or I don't remember, but uh, the big deal in that movie was Demi Moore in a bikini by the way, she looked phenomenal in that, and mm-hmm. we'll get into it, but this is the Cameron Diaz, Drew Barrymore, Lucy Liu, Charlie's Angels, based on the TV show of the same name, obviously. That it comes from the iconic Farrah Fawcett poster. Every single boy at that time had that poster, and I mean every one. It was one of the highest-selling posters. I think it's the highest-selling poster of all time. Yeah, it still is. It's between that and... And then you get your film bros with the Scarface, with the Scarface, the Pulp Fiction, and the Fight Club posters. Yeah, every because they're on every those. damn dorm. And then you get that one person in college that has that symbol of Che Guevara, mm-hmm. uh, Che Guevara, and you know those things. But Farrah Fawcett was one of those uh, posters that was up all the time for young boys at that age. Although me personally, Jacqueline Smith, for sure. Nice. Yeah, and so for me... I mean, if we had to choose the original Charlie's Angels, mm-hmm. Jacqueline Smith, obviously. For me, Charlie's Angels was like my first introduction to spy stuff. I didn't know about James Bond. I didn't know about Mission Impossible. So for me, this was like my intro, kind of like a, those kind of like spy action comedy. So for me, this was pretty damn new. The only thing that I knew was Austin Powers. But I knew that... James Bond and Austin Powers, and I knew Austin Powers was an intentional parody. Mm-hmm. And I had heard about Charlie's Angels, but of course, me being a young kid and you girls didn't really go into it. But later, because, you know, they're all very, all the women smoking hot. Yes. I mean, damn. <laughs> and this, and I'm going to say this, and I told this to Billy. Charlie's Angels walk for Fast and Furious to run. Yeah, we were having a discussion outside of prior to recording, and I said that um, that if the Fast and Furious movies were like this, just fun, campy, did not care about anything, just embraced the silliness, I think people would cut it a little bit more slack. And I argued that... I think everybody except for Vin Diesel now knows what kind of movies they're in. Yeah, Vin Diesel still thinks that it could be Oscar worthy. No, Vin Diesel doesn't is so delusional. It is yeah, it's not even funny anymore. But yeah, we're here to talk about the two thousand uh, Charlie's Angels. 
So you want to start this movie? Yeah, so we... This crazy Austin Powers opening? Yes, we start in a really crappy CGI plane flying to the screen. And then we see where, where he's on this plane. And we see L. Cool J walking around the plane. And immediately, uh, stewardess was like, what are you doing here? And I was like, this is first class only. He was like, I have my ticket. And the stewardess was like, oh, okay. And then he walks in and he goes to the to the to the to the seat. He's like, "Do you have the stuff?" I was like, uh, "Yeah," but I was like, "Didn't you that birds will fly this high?" So oh, cool, Jake. Only angels can. And they see on the TV there's a TJ Hooker movie. And I'm like, "Look, another movie from a TV show." Ah, commentary. <laughs> I rolled my eyes and I was like, "Oh boy, is it gonna do that all the time?" No, that's no. really the only meta joke. It was just. That's really the only meta joke. If there's anything else meta, it's never directly said. It's just shown. We see that the guy, it was like, a, I am the package. And then he opens it and it's a bomb. And then Okuji grabs the guy and opens the shaft and they fly away from the from the plane. And I've been thinking, I'm like, those people from the plane are dead. Because how are they going to close that door again? <laughs> um, LL Cool J goes out and then Tom Cruise... Uh, was probably also skydiving next to them. Mm -hmm. But this is where we get, unbeknownst to us, the first appearance of Lucy Liu. Yes. And we see Cameron Diaz on a speedboat. And again, to tie it back into last month, um, the Spike, uh, Carmen and Junie were probably somewhere on that same lake. Yes. And they, they get the bomb off the guy and they capture him on the speedboat. And the guy is just like, what the hell is happening? You bastard. And then you just hear LL Cool J go, I think you mean bitch. And then, much like Mission Impossible, they do the face reveal and it's Drew Barrymore. And then we get our intro to the show that is being parodied here. And little glimpses of backstory as well. Charlie's like a... I was like, uh, and then we have, I have three different girls. And then we see the introduction of Natalie and she's like, uh, she's on Jeopardy with Alex Trebek and with the, with the, <laughs> with the praises. And then we get, uh, Alex is super rich and super smart and she was an astronaut. And she also, uh, did competitive horses. And I love that Dylan was like super rebellious with her, with her lighter. And I'm like, I love that the lighter gets into the so right away because it's so important in both movies. It is very important, the American flag lighter. And not only this, but she was very much the wild child and stuff like that. Very meta commentary for Drew Barrymore at that time. Mm -hmm. So I love that she was able to do that. And both movies were produced by Drew Barrymore. They were, they were. So she had a lot of say. And then we get we cut into the intro and then we go and see Dylan. She wakes up and we see... Tom Green, right? Doesn't name Tom Green oh, in the Union Jack as the Chad. The Chad. It was like he's she's she's on a boat. Yeah, she's on a boat, and I was like, oh, I had to go, got to go to work. I was like, but why are you leaving, Starfish? Is it the X? Is it the boat? Is it the Chad? And she's in the car. It could be the Chad. It's like the Chad, and then Tom Green falls into the sea. <laughs> <laughs> because they were married at that time. It was a very short-lived marriage, but that's the reason why he's in there. Hollywood nepotism at its best. Yep, and then we cut into Natalie. Which is funny because Drew Barrymore is a nepotism baby, mm -hmm. technically. Or she comes from a dynasty. She comes from a dynasty of the Barrymores. Yes, anyway, continue. 
And then we get into Natalie and she has her disco fantasy dream. That she, <laughs> I love it. And then she, heaven, baby, to your kids. And she's doing the dancing and everything, sort of like fever style. And then she wakes up and then she dancing with Spider-Man underwear, shaking her ass to the screen. No, to the mirror. To the mirror. But it's the she, she's screen. dropping it like it's hot. Yeah. And it's it's kind of hot. <laughs> Not going to lie. But she has more energy than anybody when they wake up in the morning. And I'm like, is that Sony promoting the Spider-Man movies coming two years later? Because it was in the 2000s. Yeah, well, it was Columbia, but technically, yeah, same company. It's same I guess. company. Both uh, subsidiaries of Sony at that time. We also see Natalie can't get a boyfriend, and she's kind of a klutz, and she's always super happy, and ha ha ha. Oh, that's so nice. And the innuendos. Oh, yes. There are a lot of on yeah, the nose. They're not super clever. They're not subtle. No, they're not. And I love that Alex, Alex is with Joey. Mal LeBlanc from Joey. Joey Trivani from Friends. I was like, uh, this is going to be long, hard, and rough. Which one will it be? Red or blue? Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> and the thing about Alex, Alex cannot cook. Because then she does those big, hard-ass muffins. She, she, ha- <laughs> she has those muffins. She has those hard muffins that she just... Those muffins will have, will have resolved the plot at the end. Though. They will have killed Sam Rockwell with those muffins. Well, giveaway that Sam Rockwell's in the movie. <laughs> Thank you very much. But yeah, it's also weird because Matt LeBlanc, he basically plays Joey from Friends in this. He's, he's an actor in this, much like Joey. He's kind of a doofus, but he means he means well. And again, this was during the height of Friends' popularity. So it's literally like, hey, let's just get him over from the friend set on Warner Brothers and let's just shoot him for a scene. Yeah. Oh, you can kind of end that this is Joey after Friends when he went to L.A. with his spinoff. Oh, you mean the terrible spinoff that only lasted uh, one season? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was two seasons. Mm -hmm. How does that last two seasons? It lasted two seasons. Yeah, I'm just I just said that. (laughs) How did that last two seasons? No one knows. No one knows. But it is, the important thing is that it was ended and nothing of value was lost. Yes. <laughs> and then we get into, they go into, into the office with Charlie. And I, I love that Alex is doing the, the muffins. And Drew was like, oh, this tastes ugly. And then launches it to Cameron Diaz. was like, ah, my boob. <laughs> the Cameron Diaz throws it to the door. And it goes to the door because it's so hard. And then we get introduced to John Bosley, played by Bill Murray. That he doesn't want to be there at all. No. And he's just like, you know, a friend of mine almost got killed by a muffin. He, he, his deadpan is very good sometimes, but he is so unenthusiastic. And he's not even trying. No. And he could be a very good actor, too. That's the thing. His style of comedy doesn't work for this type of movie. But at the same time, I appreciate him being the straight man and everything of course we get good morning angels good morning charlie and the thing about charlie's angels is charlie has never shown his face at all he's just a voice box and i like that they got the original voice for charlie who was uh the late john forsyth and essentially they work for this guy this unnamed charlie 
uh, because he saw that they had a lot of potential and he made them super spies. They could speak a ton of languages. They know martial arts, Matrix style. And he sends them on secret missions. So it's essentially, it's like a private practice, but for spies is essentially what Charlie's Angels is about. And in the TV show, it was just various missions. And we also get, much like Austin Powers and James Bond, ridiculous disguises. Sometimes overtly racist yes. disguises. And then we get in the introduction of the case that they have to solve that uh, Sam Rockwell, he's Eric Knox. He's like a, one of those tech people that they know a lot. He got kidnapped. And they see on the video that was like, a, and also the only witness was her partner, Vivian, uh, Vivian Wood. And I love Cameron Diaz. She did it. And I'm like, but I love that way that she she said it. I was like, she did it. It sounds like me in a movie. Oh, that's the guy. That's the villain. <laughs> yeah, but then she walks in. And she's just like, oh, I guess we could all go home then. And it's like, oh, I bet you feel really stupid now, Natalie. When then they go into the only, the only thing that they can find is that they have to infiltrate the 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 other company that Erin Knox they wanted to get pushed on that is by Tim Curry. Yeah, that's it. Oh yes, yeah, Tim Curry doing his thing, getting a sexy massage. Yeah, and uh, you did say uh, the the voice thing. So sent, and we do get clarification on that once they do find Sam Rockwell, but um, essentially, everybody's voice is different. It's like a fingerprint, which is what they did not say in the movie. But it's like a fingerprint, and you can't really replicate it. And then he was going to use it to uh, uh, basically tag everyone's phones, and then everybody would not be able to hide anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's very weird how they both both movies have this thing where it's like, oh, it's um, it's about protecting identities, protecting and identities. Mm. Identity seems to be a big thing. In these I movies. love that you noticed that. That's yeah. pretty damn cool. That that that's the but the, the message from both movies. That's very cool. Yeah, and, and then, then <laughs> just talk about the massage. Yeah, scene. and then of course we get Lucy Lou being on top of Tim Curry, with and her feet with her feet doing a massage, and of course Quentin Tarantino got a heart on in that moment. Well, especially when she puts the foot on his face, mm-hmm. like <laughs> not even subtle about it. And then of course Lucy Lou technically knocks it down. With, with a technique with her feet and they go and get that special key that they needed of the car and I was like uh, I was like wow and then he wakes up I was like where is she and then the Dulce listening to me I was like uh, I was like oh I would like you to be on my staff I was like uh, thank you for the effort by your by your hands are not going my hands are not going any anywhere near your staff and then we get and of course he does the <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he is doing his usual Tim Curry thing. And the other thing about this both movies is the soundtrack. We get Independent Women by Destiny's Child. You feel old yet? <laughs> I remember. Although when... they do play turning Japanese mm-hmm. in the... <laughs> but what's unnecessary is that Drew Barrymore and Cameron Diaz are also in the... Kimonos? Kimonos and the wigs mm-hmm. and stuff. It's like... Is this kind of racist? Well, probably. <laughs> I feel like it's a very meta moment as well for that. Probably happened to Lucy Liu mm-hmm. as well, but I feel like that's what how she would have responded as well. Yeah, and then and then they go to the party, 
And this is like the to the party of Tim Curry, and they get Bosley to pretend to be also a tech billionaire to get more information from Tim Curry. And this is when Natalie meets, uh, she's a bartender, and then she meets the other bartender that is Luke Wilson as Pete. And this started the trend of Luke Wilson being the designated boyfriend. Yes. Between this, Legally Blonde, My Super Ex-Girlfriend. Ex -girlfriend. I mean, the list just goes on. There's a lot of movies. My Super Ex-Girlfriend, really underrated. And you know what? I can't connect them both with Quentin Tarantino because Uma Thurman was in My Super Ex-Girlfriend. Who else was in a movie with Uma Thurman that was Quentin Tarantino? Lucy Liu. First Kill Bill. Kill Bill? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's what I wanted her to do, was just to decapitate Tim Curry and just goes, uh, now if anybody has any problems, now would be a great fucking time to say. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I'm saying this in English because if you question my heritage again, I'll cut your fucking head off. Man, Kill Bill is such a great movie. And it has Bill in the mm -hmm. title, so that makes it's, yeah. it's catering towards me as well, specifically. But what happens is, oh, they have the, uh, the instead of the earpiece, although mm -hmm. I have to admit, the mouthpiece. they have the, uh, the molar um, wire mm -hmm. or whatever. So Bill Murray is like opening his mouth and Tim Curry's like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Um, <laughs> also, terrible spy move. By all three of the women, though, really stupid move. They keep touching their ears. Yes. They. I just kept thinking of the scene from Casino Royale mm -hmm. where Bond is like, stop touching your ear, dude. Somebody's going to notice that. You're get, You're blowing your cover when you do that. And I love that she's like, ah, do I go back to him? And I was like, ah, do I talk to him? And then Lucy was like, flip your goddamn hair. And we get this slow-mo coming in the other, like, her hair. We like, get a lot of slow mo and yeah. a lot of hair flips. I think Lucy Liu did the best hair flips as well. Drew Barrymore had the best outfits, and Cameron Diaz had the best dancing. Yes. <laughs> and, and I the, love also that everybody keeps hitting on Lucy Liu as well, but she's like, no, no. no and they carry us over no. on the sequel too. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get into the iconic. Tin men chase when they chase oh, the tin men. The the I didn't know that Scary Movie Two parodied this mm -hmm. until years later because <laughs> I had seen that before I watched this movie. Nice, and so I love the other thing that they're they're chasing. Uh, Chris, it's Crispin Glover, right? Yep, George McFly yeah. himself, Crispin Glover. George McFly, and I love that they're changing their outfits while they're going down the stairs. I was like, how does that work? <laughs> because they're running. They do a lot of Mission Impossible uh, mask things and uh, outfit mm. changes. You just got to be ready for these things. And they're doing it in yes. heels as well. It's like the Twilight thing. They have shorts in all of the woods. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good point. But yeah, uh, there's this creepy assassin named the Thin Man. And he keeps taking Dylan's <gasps> hair specifically <laughs> for some reason. And keeps <laughs> sniffing it like and a fucking creep. <laughs> Yes. Only in the pastel. sequel. Only in the sequel. Because yes, he does appear in the yes. sequel. Spoiler alert then, again. Uh, but I love that the whole like the slow the they do the slow mo thing with the bullet time and then they're they flying the through the hallway. There's a lot of wire work and they're not shy about it either. And the slow mo. You get the like like the Hindu thing, like from Heroes, like a, a, a yeah. I was that. expecting I was expecting some John Woo doves to appear. <laughs> 
That's all that was missing. But that said, there's this frenetic energy, mm-hmm. like a Baz Luhrmann film, that just it grabs you by the balls and it doesn't let go. Yes. So I appreciate that once it got the ball rolling, mm. it just kept going on because this these movies are not very long. No. One's like hour 45. The other one is an hour, hour 45, 30. I think, too. Yeah, I think they're both like around a little under two hours, mm-hmm. but they're not an hour and a half. Or I think the first one's an hour and a half. And then the second one's an hour 45. And of course, Dylan is the only one that gets her hair ripped off. This is important for the sequel. And so, and then they Dylan and all the angels they find they find Knox, and they find out that the plan of Tim Curry is to hack into cell phones to find try voice tracking to find people in particular, and so the only way that they need to technically they need to infiltrate the company of Tim Curry, but they need to find the special where is that special device that they need. At the NASCAR racing. Oh, and the infamous Drew Barrymore, the plumage. Woof. <laughs> I was a kid, and I was like, the yum. Damn, Drew Barrymore, and that when she licks the steering wheel. I thought that was weird, but I just went, okay, for Dylan's character, it makes sense. Nana notices the Tim and another of uh, the other card, and so we get into this chase. And they go all through Long Beach because I noticed the locations. Like, it's all in L.A., both, both movies. And, and of course, they crash into each other. And then we see the car of Tim and, like, falling. And you hear the hint of us. We just see the slow mo cover. And just like, a, ah, is he dead or not? <laughs> because I was trying to find the Tim man. We'll see him many, many times, many times in the sequel. In the sequel. <laughs> in the sequel. But what happens after that is they have to do... Literally, the Mission Impossible thing, sort of, where it's all these security measures. They even have the floor is pressure censored yes. thing, even though in the first Mission Impossible it was uh, temperature censored. Uh, yeah, so they got to get two directors and they need their fingerprints because there's like this gel thing that they got to put their hands through. And their eye. And their eye. So they do... Yeah, the for the second one they're dressed in lederhosen and it's weird, but it's it's so random. But I guess it, it gets the job done. And then we get Cameron Diaz and Drew Barrymore in men disguises. Drew as well. Barrymore as a man looks hot too. But also Lucy Liu as that one teacher that looks like she's just walked out of a porn. This scene is iconic because uh, the boots are made for walking. Starts playing. Right? Ooh, Barracuda. Oh, yeah, it was Barracuda. And, and then, also, then unknown, Melissa, Melissa McCarthy. McCarthy. I love that she's like, oh, you must be the efficiency director. You shouldn't be here until next week. That's why I'm here to figure it out, Melissa McCarthy. Bitch, I heard that. Ooh, Barracuda. <laughs> yeah, I think this is when, I think she was still on Gilmore Girls. I think so. And then uh, literally, they're all the stereotypic, the stereotype of the nerd engineers, the fat nerd with engineers at the uh, glasses and the the Asian one, the white one. And yeah, but all literally all the men, Where? boom, going to Lucy Liu to uh, to Alex. Yeah, and then she's just like, any suggestions? 
any at all. And then one guy is just like, um, Coke machine. This, this, the Coke machine should be free. Why? The coffee, the coffee help us to program. And then she's like, grabs the guy, puts her her boobs. Brilliant. It's like, engineers should be appreciated. You're the ones that run this company. Anyone else has more ideas? Everybody raises their hand. Can anyone show me? <laughs> I think that was where I was just like, I think Lucy Lou is the hottest for me personally. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. It's her and Drew Barrymore. Cameron Diaz is hot in a different way, but mm-hmm. um, that was when I was like, okay, yeah, Lucy Lou, you can do whatever you, you, you can do whatever you want for me. You can even hear the leather as she's walking. She has a weird thing for whips as well in her disguises. It's it, it might be a fetish. Who knows? I'm not complaining. And then we get into the Mission Impossible moment when they. Oh, there. with uh, uh, Natalie doing the really ridiculous gymnastics, but they're awesome as well. I'm like, did did Harley Quinn teach her or something? Because the floor is pressure censored, and if it detects something at like a fraction of a second or something, but they end up anyway. They get the part. Yeah, so they get the file. And then Vivian, it was like, ah, but why don't we, we should have access to those, to those files of Corwin too. And then I was like, no, but we're going to find, we're going to research them us first to see if there's something from Knox because they think that Corwin stole Knox's files. And so, but then Lucy Liu in, in Chinese, she, she suggested, she's suggesting Mandarin to Drew Barrymore. Like, I think we need to look, look after Eric Knox. And so she's like, okay, I will look after him. And so then Dylan goes to Eric Knox's place and that is Sam Rockwell. And then she's at her place. I was like, if you click this button, any of us that there's near will come and can help you and rescue you. I was like, but, and then. She stares at this photo. I was like, oh, that's my father. And then he, there's another guy without his face. I was like, who's that? Oh, that's... Oh, it's it's intentionally blotted mm-hmm. out. That's the guy that killed my Charlie father. Townsend. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. But it's fine. And so Dylan is the one that's going to look after Knox. And he's just like, well, oh. Natalie goes to Soul Train. Well, Natalie is having a date with Pete, who is uh, Luke Wilson. And I love that Luke Wilson also just befriends the the giant black bouncers yes. as well because they're super intimidating, but they're all just like, he's just having a great time with them, just talking, and they're just like, hey, yeah. Natalie, I like they're so friendly. Can I lie. You're gonna deny. And everybody's at first, like, you know, shocked because mm-hmm. she's like the only white girl there. Yes. It's a very black club. But then they're just like, go white girl, go, go, go white girl. Because <laughs> she's dancing ridiculously, but she's got so much confidence it doesn't matter and then joey is in a restaurant I was like and then i want to tell you i want you to marry me and then this woman gets shadows like a, no damn you salazar and he was in the in the in the in the shoe for maximum extreme one <laughs> yes for max extreme and the other thing is that luke wilson and matt leblanc they don't know their respective girlfriends are secret agents i actually do have a gripe with the second one but we'll get to that when we get there what does happen because uh he thinks matt leblanc thinks that alex lucy Liu is uh a masseuse and she shows that she is way more knowledgeable and capable and everything and he just is like eh, that's fine i mean because you know she can't cook 
that's her that's her big thing is that she can't cook and dylan ends up going to this sweet uh pad which i'm pretty sure iron uh iron man had the same sort of house on like malibu or something and then because they have a lot of chemistry they fuck like they were gonna make some egos but uh he's like uh we could shake and bake and she's just like i definitely shake and i'm like sam rockwell you son of a bitch (laughs) so yeah that happens but at the same time turns out he's the bad guy yeah because then we see vivian uh, vivian wood she sent to kill natalie after the soul train and then and then she's like who sent you and i was like it was vivian wood and then we see that alex gets attacked after doing a big ass dinner and then even like i think it was kind of like a meatloaf that it goes like it like goes all bad oh yeah it was a meatloaf but she uh <laughs> she would have been gunned down like crazy like hitler and inglorious bastards but she manages to jump to the roof of the trailer as it just gets cut to ribbons. And then, of course, we get the big reveal. I find it hilarious that Sam Rockwell is the bad guy, considering that he was the head bad guy in The Bad Guys. He's the wolf. Yes! So I just, I find that very poetic. And we, we already explained the reasons. It's because he wants revenge on Charlie for killing his father. Oh yeah, and it turns out Vivian Wood and uh, Knox, they're together. Yes, they're a couple. Yeah, so double damn you, Sam Rockwell. And <laughs> then what happens is he shoots Dylan out the window. <laughs> it's a very specific way she falls as well. You want to explain some... Uh, I know this is something that is personal for you as well. It's one of my favorite scenes because I always have done a lot of scenes that I was recreating when I was a kid. So, like, for example, like, the the attack of the T-Rex in Jurassic Park or, like, stuff from Independence Day. But this one, and this one is, like, the way that, because we think that Sam Rubble shook her in the head. But then we come back to Dylan, we see the glass and we see part of her sheet that she was covering herself because she was naked. And then she returns all back in slow motion. And then we see that. Oh, not only naked, but some kids end up coming across her yeah but then we see that she walks back and with second when some rival shoots she jumps in and she she, she kind of like shoves her head a little to the right for her not to get shoot and then she falls down and she was hanging by a thread by the sheet and so when she rolls down to a house some children lend her like a motorbike like a little motorbike and a shirt and so yep and they're just like, dude, that was their sexual awakening for sure. Yes, it was. Yeah, because they were just playing video games. And then the, Drew Barrymore just comes down naked. And of course, you know, she's in the bed. She's you don't see anything either. It's not that kind of movie. <laughs> you pervs. <laughs> but yeah, um, all the girls end up reuniting. And then think Curry gets murdered too. Yeah. He does, but they also that the, the Char- Charlie's office gets blown over, blown out. There's a lot of things that get blown up, Godfather style, and then they uh, end up finding a radio receiver 
and Bosley. And also, technically, this is also the Scooby-Doo thing that Scooby-Doo always the villain is the one that hires the Scooby gang. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah, Bosley got captured, but he's talking with them because he still has the tooth implant. Yes, and because they need Bosley alive because Bosley is the only one that can talk to Charlie. Yeah, and... Because technically, Bosley's a secretary. He's a glorified secretary, but it's, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> and, of course, Bill Murray's still doing his shtick and all that stuff, mm -hmm. and it's not really landing <laughs> that well. No. And then I love that Bosley, they, they listened to him through the rubble of the office. I was like, a, I was like, I don't know where I am. And I was like, a, please call me friend. And there's a bird like, burr, 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 burr. and then, and then I was like, oh, I know what it is. And then she does the bird thing. Burr, burr, burr. I was like, Susina Pigmea, the only little one place, Corral. And I love that uh, Lucy Lunderman was like, what the fuck is she talking about? <laughs> yeah, she just knows these random Some of things. <laughs> She has a weird obsession because with birds. Because technically, the, both movies are telling you that Natalie is technically the dumb one. Yeah, Natalie, well, the dumb one. But the really, I think the main character of the girls would be Dylan. Yeah, Dylan is a big character. They really, Especially the second one. The second one, for sure. But this one, it's... It's Cameron Diaz. It, it's mostly Cameron Diaz and just trying to find mm -hmm. a date and everything. So Lucy Liu gets mm -hmm. shafted big time. Mm-hmm. Although I do like that they all have their individual little story arcs as well, and it's it's equal um, screen time, like for the most part, except for Lucy Liu definitely gets the least amount of screen time compared to Cameron Diaz and Drew Barrymore. So that should tell you something. Oh, but the way they get to this lighthouse, they get uh, the Chad with his boat. And then they're able to come across it, you know, stealthily. And then we get the, they're in the um, wetsuits. And then they, of course, have to change out of it and see their backs and everything. Ah, but you forgot about the chat. They go in to get the bottom from the chat. And so they're like a... Um, Starfish, I was like, uh, I'm the only one that I can, can drive this boat. Only the chat can drive this boat. So like, Starfish, where are you going? Starfish? I was like, is it the chat? And then and then they go into the water and then Drew Barrymore comes over as well. No! The chat was great! <laughs> and then I was like, the chat was great! The chat! And then in the bloopers, the chat is stuck. <laughs> These movies also have great bloopers. And then we got into Sam Rockwell wearing knighted. He, I love how he goes full villain so quickly with his jacket and smoking. He's like dun 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 dun, and like he's doing his sexy dance and doing his all of his evil planning. What's up with him dancing? As well, between that and Justin Hammer and Iron Man too. That's how he got the role for Justin Hammer. <laughs> He, they were just like, hey, we saw you in Charlie's Angels. You just want to do that again? And he's just like, yeah. <laughs> Sam Rubble got a really nice, like, he did Galaxy Quest first and then Charlie's Angels. He got a really good start. <laughs> yeah. It, well, if you really want to uh, go back to his filmography as that one random goon in the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Ah, I think I knew that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is a uh, then unknown Sam Rockwell. And I had never seen those movies. 
I only have seen the Michael Bay ones. Yeah, well, they're not the Michael Bay ones, though. They are the... I know. That's what I'm saying. I have only seen the Michael Bay ones. I have never seen the original one from the 80s. Well, well you should. And from the 90s. Yeah. Although Ninja Turtles were the shit. We're here to talk about Charlie's Angels because what happens is Dylan finds Sam Rockwell and he immediately captures her. Yeah, he immediately catches her and ties her into a chair and he's like, can you keep a secret? Can you keep it? Ah. <laughs> and then, of course, immediately Sam Rockwell does that thing of like putting a piece of tape on Dylan but he's tweaking her lips and kisses her through the tape. It's I'm like it's really weird, but it's, it, really weird. I mean, it's very unique as well. It looks evil, though. It does look very evil. Sexy and evil. (laughs) That's the other thing. Dylan is not a good. She doesn't pick good love interests. Let's just say that. But that's her thing. Because it carries over to the sequel. It does. A lot of stuff carries over to the sequel. I was surprised. (laughs) So much carried over to the sequel. And then we see the Tin Man goes and fights against Alex. And then Vivian sees that Natalie destroys all of the goons while trying to free Bosley. And Vivian was like, don't send a man to do a woman's work. You do it, girl. <laughs> and then, cause Vivian throws a damn fucking hat, like a hatchet, to to Natalie, and Natalie's talking on the phone. Oh, hi, Pete. How you doing? Yeah, she's talking to to Pete, and he's just like trying his best to, you know, he's being the nice guy, and he's just like, oh man, ah, oh, something must come up, and they destroyed the phone, and Natalie is then pissed because she's just like. I really liked him, too. And then Natalie's like, uh, you know how hard it is to find a good man in Los Angeles? That's relevant. Trop- topical. <laughs> topical. <laughs> topical and tropical. <laughs> and then this is one of my favorite moments in Drew Barrymore's history. When Drew Barrymore tied to the chair, and she's like, uh, ah, 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 with all of the goons and lifting up her legs. So I was like, uh, I'm going to kick all of you guys' asses. I'm going to kick that guy into the floor. But as my trusty lighter is not working, and I, and I will compare it to Supernatural. What the fuck does Dean fucking like this thing every fucking time? <laughs> the first try, <laughs> she's like, "I'm gonna do this with my hands tied." And the way that Drew Barrymore kicks ass with a chair with her hands tied to her back is fucking awesome. And then she's like, "And at the end, I will moonwalk." And then she gets all look her asses, and she's like, "Uh." She's like, uh, oh, what was the thing that she says? God damn it. She says a lot of like poses and they make fun of this in Scary Movie too. And I was like, uh, oh yeah. King Kong Paul, Buddha on Lotus. And that's kicking your ass. Mm, mm, Mad mm, cow. Mm. <laughs> God. And she literally moonwalks out. It's crazy. But also, I just kept thinking... Man, the Avengers stole this scene. Yeah, the first Joss Whedon with, with Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. But yeah, she moonwalks out. The second time in a movie where I've seen a character moonwalk, first one was in American Psycho, and that movie was also crazy as shit <laughs> for different reasons. <laughs> By the way, Raul, do you like Huey Lewis in the news? Yes. No, no, no it's, it's from American Psycho. Ah, well, I had never seen American Psycho, so I wouldn't know the reference. I'm not mad. I'm just. I know. Very disappointed. Okay, I will watch Boogie Nights and American Psycho. That will be the two movies. Not at the same time, though. Please. Okay. Yeah. Please. That would be a crazy double feature. <laughs> that. Uh, I think you would like American Psycho more. That's with uh, Christian Bale and Christian Jared Bale, Leto, right? 
Well, Christian Bale mainly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Jared Leto is in the scene, uh, in a scene, and it's hilarious when you know the context of one is Batman and one is the Joker, sort of. But what does happen is that they're trying to find the location of Charlie because Knox is trying to kill him from a helicopter, of course. And he destroys the castle with the missile. Yes. And we don't know how the Tidman survived. We don't know. We just know that he was just there, I guess. No, through my research, has said somehow the Tidman has returned. <laughs> yes. But what does happen is um, through the awesome action scenes, um, they blow up the helicopter and they kill uh, Sam Rockwell. Yeah, because they hack into the missile to make a round trip. When they get to that uh, Charlie safe house where he's actually at, he's not there. He's like, good morning, angels. And they thought that he was there. And it was the, the, the speaker was like, oh, I'm so sorry, angels, that I miss you. I miss you guys. So I was like, uh, mission accomplished. And I love uh, Alex. It's like the client was blown away. <laughs> yep. Um, but he also says that uh, um, Knox's father was a double agent. And he was discovered and killed by the enemy, but he's he didn't do anything. And he, they're like, oh, but can we ever meet in person? And he's just like, uh, he doesn't say anything. But Dylan thinks that she sees him because she sees a, some guy. Yeah, because Char Charlie says, "I was like, uh, I was like, why could you not join us, Charlie? Come on, please!" And I was like, "I can." I'm watching some precious treasures right now, and then Dylan turns around and sees a guy on the phone. Think it's and it's implied that it's Charlie. It's never said that it's him. Mm. And then I was like, "Why, Charlie? Why you don't want to meet us?" I was like, "Angels, that is called fate." Oh, and uh, I like that Dylan doesn't say anything to anybody else. That's yeah. her little thing. Mm -hmm. But and what does happen is the girls are all like, "Woo!" They become woo girls, and they're with yes. Bill Murray, who is just sort of awkwardly there. He was showing the real Bill Murray on the set. He was just drunk. He really was. And then you hear like, all the small things. True it. Oh, the 2000s Bleak 182. Oh, <laughs> no yes. Way. I know. And if you think this movie had a bunch of like, oh, I know those people. Just wait until you get into the sequel. Ooh, apparently, also in production, Thandie Newton was originally the choice for Alex. Ooh. But she didn't want to be objectified or play racial stereotypes. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Foxy Brown was offered the role, and she so went so far as to announce it on Ricky Lake. Mm -hmm. But she ran into legal troubles, and the role went to Lucy Liu. Ooh. Crazy, I know. But then, speaking of crazy, we get into Charlie's Angels full throttle. Uh, cinema. This, this show, well, not show, this, uh, movie? sequel, this, this movie, is a movie, is very much you wrote it while you were drunk and high. Yes, even though I was a teenager. I don't know if that's a good thing. Because at least here, there's a level of sincerity. Mm -hmm. And, it, I mean, yeah, the sequel is also self-aware. But yes. I think in uh, Full Throttle, they might have gone a little too far. But you cannot deny that the character work is way better in the sequel than in the first one. You only know, like, base stuff on every single girl. You know more stuff in the sequel, though. 
Well, especially Dylan. Yeah, the sequel is very much Dylan's. Yeah, and so Charlie's Angels Full Throttle style scene Mongolia. And then I was like, uh, Alex gets off of a uh, uh, box. He was like, uh, call out the babysitter. Daddy's home. I'm like, that's a weird line, but okay. And it's just like... Uh, There's a lot of those in this movie as well. <laughs> and then Dylan is like, uh, she's like, uh, what an angel is doing for a And Dylan's like, I am no angel. And I'm like, is this the start of her character arc? Because she has doubt about her identity. Roll the Ariana Grande Lana Del Rey song, of course. The I'm no angel or whatever. There's a lot of puns about angels or a lot of stupid jokes about angels. They go a little too far. One one or two of them, that's fine. It's that rule of three. You do it three times and that ruins it. And when they did it at the end, I was like, you just ruined it. And then we get Natalie. She's like, she's rice the ball. And I love this. We had this close up that is also part of the first one of how she loves going to like a being the center of attention and the camera goes immediately to her. That's something that carries over from the sequel too. When they go and they free Robert Patrick, the T-1000 for Terminator 2 and the TV show Scorpion. Yes, CBS, I'm still better that you cancel that show. <laughs> I... We just talked about him last month mm-hmm. as well. He was in Spy Kids. Yes. And so it's like he was meant to it be. was meant to be. And so they know they steal a ring that he had on, on, on his hand. And then it was like, a, and then Alex frees him. I was like, oh, my ribs. This is going to be important. And so they walk and then they escape from the, from the bar. They get chased and then almost two missiles are about to blow them out. And they go over a well and they're flying away like between the air, like Mission Impossible style. And they get into another helicopter. I was thinking more, uh, you know what this opening reminds me of? It reminds me of like Goldeneye. Because there's like a huge dam, yeah. there's tanks, there's helicopters and stuff, there's a bunch of soldiers. Nobody dies, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do get them going down like this huge dam mm-hmm. with a helicopter that's perfectly um, aligned with them as well. And Dylan is the last one that, oh, she looks like she's not going to make it, but she makes she grabs on the wing at last mm-hmm. minute. And also, they managed to fly the helicopter just in time, mm-hmm. you know, right as they're about to drop. But they managed to get one of these rings. And then we see a, a, a man that he was shooting the missile and he talks on the phone with a woman that we only see her at the back of her head. It was like a with a fire with a fireplace, with a fireplace as well. It was like a, it, it was a pretty awesome fireplace. It was three crazy beautiful girls, and then we only see this woman saying, "Let's go to Plan B." And then we go. She Charlie was like, "I have three. Three very powerful women. And then we see Dylan. I love Dylan as a luchador in her flashback. <laughs> yeah, the David Bowie luchador. Yes. Um, the um, Natalie was the mascot. She still had the braces, the continuity. <laughs> and what did Alex do? Alex was, be, was like doing the thing with the, with the horses. That, that croquet. Oh, that yes. That and uh, she was also, a, I guess, grandmaster at chess. Yes. And then Natalie beating a child prodigy. And then Natalie is helping giving birth to a cow, and I love when she goes in inside of the cow and spills blood into the other guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, three extraordinary women from three different walks of life. And they work for me, Charlie Angels, full throttle. Yeah, we get some awesome. Oh, another thing: the CGI in the sequel is so terrible. 
Spidey Spider. It's it's a product of its time. Yes. Very much so. And, At least in the first one, I felt like there was more practical effects. And then we get into the cameo of Bruce Willis when I think he was still married to Demi Moore. He was married to Demi Moore. That's probably the only reason why he was in this movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he ends up, he has yeah. the other titanium ring mm-hmm. as well. And then we see he, uh, a really cool scene where like it's dead silent. And he just looks out and like his entire security team is dead. I guess we didn't get to see Die Hard on a plane. No. And then he gets killed, and then we see that we cut into Natalie, and then she's seeing MC Hammer's contestants, and then she's doing the hammer time, ah, and then all three of them join in, and I was like, yes! By the way, it's in San Bernardino. Yes! Her and Pete are now a couple, and they are moving in. And we learned that Matt LeBlanc and Lucy Liu, they're on a timeout. They're on a break. Ah. <sighs> We were on a break. And by the way, Ross and Rachel were on a break, so it didn't matter. No, they were on a break. (laughs) So you can't fault Ross on that. Rachel just sort of gave him that thing. Either way, uh, what does happen is, oh yeah, we learned about uh, his movie as well. And the poster of it is a direct ripoff of Mission Impossible 2. He gives them tickets for the premiere, and I love that he says like, oh, "This one, this one is good because we had thirteen writers on it." And I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> again, parodying Mission Impossible too." Mm-hmm. I love that. Oh, we got a great title, Mission Extreme Two. Two. And yeah, Luke Wilson yeah. is like, "Oh yeah, yeah." And then That's good. I love how they they're friends now. But the other thing is, I guess they were just told about what they actually do off screen. But the thing, I think Joey doesn't know the whole thing. Oh, I think only maybe Lil Wilson knows. Yeah, but Pete knows. Yeah. For sure. He's fully aware of it. Mm. And then I love that Alex is just holding on them. I used to have one of those TV, those uh, Sony Vega uh, TV screens with the big ass on the back. <laughs> Sony, once again, even back then, were shoving in their own products. Yes. They, this was way before The Amazing Spider-Man. You think, children, that that was new? This was all way back from the 90s into the 2000s. They've always been plugging in their products. <laughs> and so, and then we get introduction of Bernie, ba- Bernie Mac, rest in peace. We miss him. Uh, uh, as Bosley. As Jimmy Bosley <laughs> this time. Jimmy Bosley. Not John, but uh, he comes in and I have to admit, he's just doing his thing, you know, being Bernie Mac. And mm-hmm. he's having a great time. He's, he fully is aware of what kind of movie he is in. And he's being funny and he cares. At least he he blends to the movie really well. I, it just makes me wish that he was in the first movie. Because that would have been really cool just to see Bernie Mac there. Yeah, it would have been really damn cool. And then we get an introduction of the case that the, the, the titanium ring that got stolen from that they have the one, the one they have for Robert Patrick. And the one that they got got killed by Bruce Willis that they got is that this is a Halo project that of both rings, if they're joined together, really has a list of every person that has been on the witness protection program. So I can't help but think of Skyfall, where it's the list of every spy that's undercover. It's that sort of thing. 
So again, you could say that Skyfall ripped off Charlie's Angels full throttle. Yes, yes. In that yes. regard. But that, that's been in spy movies like all the well, time. Wow. It's, it's we know that. For like, if there's a list of people that are important to this. And while this is happening, I think um, they, they track this assassin. Oh, no, they find uh, Bruce Willis. He was dead in his home. And, uh, that's not Bruce Willis. That's another person. Oh, yeah. There's somebody under the Witness Protection Program. If you don't know what that is, it's that somebody agrees to testify, but um, they don't want to do it public or they can't really do it publicly because then they could they, get they killed. Be, they, could, they could get killed. Yeah, there, there would be retaliation. So witness protection is you're just under assumed under a new identity. And usually what they do is they put you under the protection of a U.S. marshal is what they usually do. And it's usually you rat out on somebody and then... Like, if you were in the mob and you ratted him out, the mob would retaliate and kill your ass. So that witness protection is very much important. And this is where we get the CSI parody for some reason. I think this might have been the first year that CSI came out. Well, maybe it was a quick parody. We don't know. Maybe. I'm. I'm but yeah, they literally do the... Ooh, oh, oh, that. Oh, and oh, I was just like, oh, 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 man. That takes me back. At least they didn't like... Like <laughs> oh, you mean where they uh they put on the sunglasses and give a snarky remark yeah. or terrible pun? Like in Supernatural. Yeah, but that was intentional. I know. Yeah, they they all show up and they determine that yeah they were killed, but they also deduce who the killer was based on little things like the foot size, the um wax on the door, which is pineapple. That it was and through a credit card. Through a credit card, because that's how he broke into the door. Mm-hmm. There was one other thing I forgot. Uh, it was the door, the choking, the shoe, and the wax. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, and then they determined that it was uh, Paolo from Lost, also known as King Xerxes from 300. Yeah. You know what? He looks pretty good here. And this is where um, they go to the beach and they meet the former angel, Madison Lee, played by Demi Moore. And it walking out with a surfboard in a bikini style. And not only that, the big controversy for this movie was Demi Moore was around like 40 at this time. Mm. She was older and. You have to understand women in Hollywood, like the big, like 40 was a big deal. Like if you hit 40 and then you're no longer cast, you're always cast as the mother or something. But Demi Moore looks unbelievable here. She looks amazing. Super hot. Same with Cameron Diaz in the white bikini as well. But Demi Moore just blows her out of the water. Yeah. And then we get that Natalie is uh, is right next to, to Madison Lee. I was like, oh my God, you're Madison Lee. And then she's like, oh, you're Natalie. Like, she was, she was a former angel. And she was like the best. Yeah, because I was like, "How you know about me?" And then the memoir is like, "I get the news later." Oh, okay. I like it. it's so. And then she's like, "Uh," and then she she says to Natalie, "I set the clock on Charlie's VCR." Oh, <laughs> and also she's the one that invented the uh, a Kevlar. I think something is like a method. I forgot about that. Yeah. And she's the one that invented the tooth. Um, 
wire. Yeah, and the molar she's wire. The one that she uh, it's, it says that in the Demico case, she find out everything about them through astrology. This is important. Her big thing is astrology, mm-hmm. which you're thinking, man, what a millennial. Yeah, and then we get that Drew Barrymore looks hot in this outfit too, and they had had that on a stick like a clerk, and they're looking and they're looking for the surfer. I was like, a, and then she's with binoculars, like, oh, that guy is yummy. And then Lucy was like, a, we found the the villain. How do you know? You always fall for the bad guy. <laughs> True, and then it cuts into a existential crisis for Drew for Dylan as well. Because they're like, Natalie's probably going to get engaged, married soon. You What, you don't think all three of us are going to be there together, are you? And then it cuts to this weird, very weird cut of, good morning, angels. And it's all three of them. And then it's, Natalie's gone, but instead is replaced by the singer Eve. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is, now it's her in ridiculous old lady makeup. And the Olsen, the Olsen twins? twins? Yes! I was like, what am I watching? Like, this feels like a parody, like an SNL parody rather than a movie. I totally forgot about that scene until I saw it today. I was like, damn. And then we get into, they they notice um, uh, Rodrigo Santoro uh, in the in the car. Then they go and they chase him away and they go into this bike race underneath a bridge. And then we get because into- he's going to kill another witness. Another witness that the only clue that they know is about his name is Leo. Mm. And so, and so then we and then we get into Pink's cameo, and so and Pink is yeah. The I was like, Pink. <laughs> yeah, because she did a song for the soundtrack. That's why she. Another was thing that Fast and Furious uh t- ripped off. Mm-hmm, because Don Omar showed up in two movies and he did two songs for the movies. And uh, Ludacris did a song to, oh, I forgot other singers, but that, Fast and Furious did the. You mean don't forget movie. about everyone's favorite Iggy Azalea and Furious Seven, and then the recent that. one, Cardi B. Yes, they're bringing her back for the the tenth one as well, which is stupid, but it's whatever. I guess if she wants to do it, might as well. Wow, which that's rare that you get a singer cameo I twice my, i think maluma was in the nine one two because they're doing like sneaking in a lot of like reggaetoneros but either way they there's always like a singer cameo yeah. they usually have a track on the soundtrack mm-hmm. and in this case pink is did one for uh charlie's angels mm-hmm. and then we get this really ridiculous uh dirt bike chase i mean it's really creative but what makes it ridiculous is that we get a lot of like the close up mm-hmm. fisheye lens their faces. I'm like, okay, I guess they just shot like a GoPro. It's before. to show it extreme. This is before GoPro, though. Yeah, and, it's very strange. And then I love that Rodrigo Santoro. They're the most inconspicuous spies as well. Yeah, they dress in such very highlighted they... colors. Yeah, they're like peacocks. <laughs> the whole point of being a spy is that you're supposed to blend in. Mm-hmm. Haven't you guys seen the Born Identity? Like you should, you should blend in. Mm-hmm. But they just stick out like a sore thumb. I mean, it's great outfits and great costume design, but again, these are probably terrible spies. Yeah, and, when you really think about it. And then we get into they're going to the race. 
and we see that Cersei is about to kill the Leo character, but he's also in two moments he technically flips over his back in the air and shoots them down twice in slow mo with the with the guy with the gun thing from the Matrix, and it doesn't hit, it hits only Natalie in her bike, but she's still alive and she goes into Alex's bike, but then uh, Rodrigo Santoro is about to kill Leo. But then a mysterious biker in a black in a black motorcycle shows up and kills Rodrigo Santoro in the slow mo and stabs him in the in the in the chest. And I was like, oh my god, he's dead. And then we see that the Leo is a kid portrayed by Shia LaBeouf. This was even Steven's Shia LaBeouf. Mm-hmm. Before Holes, before Transformers, before you know the general fucked up things that happened with him but the reason why he was protected is because the thin man is alive and he was protecting him mm-hmm. and he seems to have a big emotional reaction to seeing dylan in particular because he grasps her hair yes again. and sniffs it you weird fuck anyway um <laughs> they discover the photos of bruce willis shia labeouf and we learned that Dylan is actually a witness protection, and that her real name is Helen Zass. Wow! <laughs> Twist. Uh, because she sent her former boyfriend, Seamus O'Grady. Uh, Seamus O'Grady, played by Justin mm-hmm. Thoreau, doing the worst Irish accent Give I have ever rings. heard. Give us rings. <laughs> and his whole thing is that it's a parody of Robert De Niro yes. and Cape Fear. They even have the yes. Cape Fear music. But there's no, there's no rakes like in The Simpsons. <laughs> no, I wish there was, because that would. He's so distracting. Hey. And also, it was like we used to just cruise around, listen to metal. <laughs> They're listening to "Living on a Prayer." <laughs> that's the. That's not. That's not metal. I would say that's rock, but and that's I not love, metal. I love. Come when on, the- guys. That's that's white. If you if. By white people standards, sure, that's metal. I love, but I mean it, it is an I awesome song. Shia, but, and I was like, yeah. so your name was Helen Sass. That does name come from Australian? I was like, uh, and then I was like, you must have been the butt of every joke. Don't worry, we'll be your best. Buddy. There's a there's a lot of there's a lot of <laughs> there's so many. Butt and I love that Charlie says it was like here. angels. A rose by any other name will still smell as sweet. And then Bali, Bali was like, no matter what, you will always be our Dylan. Yeah, Charlie's a good... And Charlie and Bosley are the best. And then uh, Max, that is Shia LaBeouf's character, reveals that the O'Grady's kill her, kill his parents. So that's why that's the connection between Dylan and Max. Yeah. So what happens is... Because uh, Max also testified against O'Grady. Uh, he gets sent to Bosley's mother's home in... Uh, <laughs> we even get South Central. South Central. <laughs> He's just like, it's the safest place ever. Yeah, if you're not white, sure. <laughs> but um it's kind of funny just because I just kept thinking Bernie Mac was just like, hey grandma, oh that bitch. You, you know, like in tra- in Transformers. Because they worked together in Transformers in the first one, anyway. Yeah. And and then I love that they go, they notice that Dylan, when she grabbed the Tim Miss necklace, 
she had the the Tin Man and the and Max were went to the same orphanage. So they go to the orphanage to find out more about the Tin Man. Then we get into the Tin Man origin story, that he came from a Romanian circus and he was mute, but then he was always scared. He always had a particular uh, kind of character where he get his monthly haircut and he grabs a piece of hair of a of a nun. It's like ah, ah he's like. Doing that weird noise and smelling the hair. AKA what Chris Ben Glover probably does anyway. Yeah, and then the mother superior that is telling the story is Carrie Fisher. Yeah, rest in peace, Carrie. And they're <laughs> dressed up in nun outfits. And she keeps doing the ruler thing to Dylan because, you know, she it's was like the, poetry or she rhymes. was a wild child. Oh yeah, the thin man's name is Anthony, after Saint Anthony. Yes. Which I is hilarious and for me. And St. Anthony is the patron saint of lost things. So if you lose mm-hmm. something, you pray to St. Anthony and you're supposed to find something. Whatever it is that you are. That's the whole point. Well, something at the end. Oh, just, it's weird. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the angels track the O'Grady mob uh, at San Pedro. And yes. they managed to get the and rings. And then we get their moment with like, what a feeling! And they're like portrayed to be workers in the boat, like a steel. Yeah, the whole... This whole movie is just an iPod shuffle of 2000s music. But it's better than the Suicide Squad movie. The first one. The first one. Yes. Not the James Gunn movie. Well, yeah, because a lot of these... But most of these are just bops. They don't really serve points, except that they're just catchy music. And I love that they're shooting the photos of how to get to this Irish boat. And I'm like, and it says the T-Mobile logo. And going back to Catherine Sinta-Jones, because we did Masosoro. <laughs> a callback and then i'm like i want to ask this this was in 2003 how the hell did lucy Lou send those photos through that phone in high definition in 2003 wizard did it, <laughs> wizard did it. i know it's like, lucy lawless but who cares it's another lucy and then uh, we're getting to the less number with the pink panther sexy dance oh did you know those girls that were dancing with them that's the pussycat dolls really you really didn't notice Nicole Schreisinger there? Wish your girlfriend was like yeah, those. I love yes. the Pussycat Dolls. They're the. If you want to talk about like sexy women, damn, they they were like essentially like strippers. <laughs> like at least their attire was. But oh, but what do you think of this sexy dance though? Also pretty good, and Lucy Liu with the whip as well. She has the weird whip thing. Maybe she just really likes Indiana Jones. Who knows? Uh, but what does happen is they end up getting into the shipyard. Bosley pretending to be Irish, by the way, even though he's the blackest motherfucker ever. And uh, he's just like, uh, yeah, uh, I'm Ir- you never heard of black Irish before? Shamrock shake. My, pa- my family was star- starving from potatoes. That's us. <laughs> Anyway, they they end up going in, and while that happens, Natalie. Um, oh no, no no! They find the rings. They find the rings, and Justin Thoreau shows up. Yeah, it was like uh, I was like, "What's your rush, Helen? I have waited for eight years, Helen. You think I'm a nice asshole? Give us the rings. Give us the rings. Give us the rings. Give us the rings." <laughs> and then we get the traditional fight. A lot of great work with chains. I like the, the 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 part when they're in the totally in the dark and they're sending signals to their palms. 
That's a really cool, nice detail. Angels. I also really love that. And then he mm-hmm. turns on the light and he's just like, I always liked you better with the lights on. Oh. And then we get the machete fight Star Wars style between Dylan and Seamus. And then they go outside of the boat. He really, they really beat the crap out of each other too. Yeah, and then Justin Thoreau, they make a fire barrier to, to get away. But then Dylan, when she still stays in and then she sees pretty cool shot though. Justin Thoreau walking through the fire. It was like a, I was like, I'm going to have my revenge and your friends are going to kill them too. I was like, yeah, you're going to hear them scream. And then the Dylan goes away and then we cut into the reunion of Pete, uh, his high school reunion. Yeah, because he got a uh, letter in the mail earlier in the movie. That was his 10 year high school reunion at Hermosa Beach. He was like, you were the cock. I was the beaver. Oh, and then, uh, you know, they're having a good time and they uh, play, you know, let's dance, it's the last dance. Oh, it's tonight. a great dancing song I, as well. It's a great, great dancing song. If you don't moment, believe me, they, they just played it for the trailer for Magic Mike's Last Dance and it really was effective. And then we get into, we haven't, we skipped that Jay, Jason is talking to John Cleese, trying to explain. We also uh, forgot to mention that John Cleese is Alex's father. Yes. In what universe? Apparently the Charlie's Angels universe. Mm-hmm. I still don't like so, that. Oh, I, the way he describes it, it, it comes across like a sketch, like it's Joey from Friends. Yes. Where it's a whole misunderstanding. Also, did you see the CD player? The woman? Remember? Yeah, remember when you had headphones that plugged in mm. and the giant CD players? Uh, I had one of those. Me too, those were the times. I, they weren't Walkmans, but they were pretty darn close. And then we get that Junkies thinks that she's kind of like a escort or a prostitute. Well, he first thinks that she's a neurosurgeon. Mm-hmm. But then uh, from the wording of everything, now he thinks that she's an escort. Mm-hmm. And, then, and it, it doesn't let up for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. And it's hilarious. And then we get that Natalie goes to the bathroom and then she pulls out her undies and there's a Spider-Man going back to the Spider-Man undies. And then we mm. get the last dance by Donna Summer. But Pete was to ask a question. But as she was like too early in the beginning to the moment that she's dancing, she's like, Peter's like, I ask you later. But then we see that Dylan, I love that moment. Tonight. And so, and then, but Dylan goes to the office and leaves all of her stuff behind because Dylan is going to leave the, the angels. Dun, oh, no. Dun. Also, in the office, in the new office, in the background, in the mm-hmm. hall outside, is all the actresses that were angels mm-hmm. from the TV series. It's a pretty cool Easter egg. I mean, obviously, the biggest one was Farrah Fawcett. Obviously, she was mm-hmm. the most fam- famous angel. Um, but what happens is Dylan heads to Mexico. Yes, and so, but then Bosley, it was like, a, well, it was like, but we still need to solve the case. And even uh, Charlie says that too. So we see that Robert Patrick comes back. I was like, oh, here, are, here are the rings. And then Bosley was like, oh, you forgot your keys. And he throws them away. And then Robert Patrick raises his arm and gets the keys. And then Lucy remembers, oh, my ribs. I was like, uh, he's the bad Like, they all figure out he's the bad guy because he fake about the ribs. And... Oh, yeah, and they figure out that he's the one that released O'Grady from prison mm-hmm. on good behavior because he would have... He's a marshal. The, he's a marshal. 
Oh, yes. And they also talk with whose superior, by the way, is the head of the FBI is Robert Forster mm-hmm. with hair. It's very strange to see. But uh, yeah, Robert Patrick is uh, he's the bad guy. And they are now it's now a trio again, but there's no Dylan. And it's it's kind of sad because she left to protect them. But by doing so, she's hurting her sisterhood and everything. Mm. But I love and, this beautiful woman of her in Tijuana, though. When she she goes into the bar and that guy slaps into her. She's like, oh, OK, but she's like, oh, no slaps her ass and is smiling about it too she's like ugh. but then she sits down she asks for a coffee and then she turns around i don't know the name of the actress but oh uh you mean kelly garrett Garrett. yeah that was that's jacqueline smith one of the originals from the tv show and she's like don't you have a case to solve i was like i tried to run my past and i couldn't they will replace me with someone great a bear a real angel and then she says, your past is what defines you, Dylan. Charlie chose you for a reason. Angels are like diamonds. They can be made. You have to... Oh, yeah, I forgot. The two of the uh, the dock workers as well during the dock scene are Jackass stars, Bam Margera and Chris Pontius. Mm. And then she says, like, you have to find them. Each one are unique. Sometimes we search for answers that are right in front of us. And then Dylan sees a Cosmo about astrology. And then she Oh, and then that's when things start to click. And then she walks and she tries to walk out of the bar, but the guy slaps her ass again, and then she grabs the guy and throws him against a a record player. You know, and Captain Marvel probably would have been better if they had done that. <laughs> I would have liked that movie much more if she just threw a dude into a record player, not just destroyed the re- uh mm-hmm. or the record uh the jukebox. Yeah, she's back in. But what does happen is they follow Robert Patrick and there's a funny scene with Bernie Mac playing a crossing guard. (laughs) These poor kids, they're just like, dude, we just want to go. And uh, he even touches the black kid's hair and he's just like, you don't ever touch the brother's hair. Because, yeah, it's that thing with black people and hair. It's a big deal. I love this, but still, I love the touching moment between Dylan and Kelly Garrett. It's a really beautiful moment, though. And then it's like it's a it's a passing of the torch. Yes. Scene. And it's made right in a right way. Yeah. Even though it also brings into question, why the hell would you be hallucinating that? If she was just there at the bar, it would make more sense. But it 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 turned out it was a hallucination. So it makes me think now that Dylan is crazy, which she is, kind of. It's a wizard. It's a wizard. It's a wizard. I'll just say that. <laughs> that that's... And then we get into the iconic... Observatory scene. Ah, yes, where he ends up driving to the observatory, the Griffith Observatory, mm-hmm. which we have been to, and it it still lo- and it still looks like that, by the way. And I told Billy about this scene. Yes, except I did not see any statue of James Dean, so I call mm-hmm. uh bollocks. <laughs> and then Robert Patrick was like, "Ah." The buyers are said, we did it, partner. And then Robert Patrick gets shot. And then we get the slow reveal of the, the observatory head turning around. And then we see Demi Moore. And she's like, I never got that partner thing. And then she jumps in. And went, oh, she literally has two golden guns as well. They look fucking awesome. And she's like, hello, angels. I was like, Madison Lee, but why? Why be an angel when you can be a god? And I'm like, 
emotional damage. So that's a cool fucking line. <laughs> and then I was like, uh, then then she's like, uh, looks like one of the three amigos has gone adios. And then Rubarimor is on the back, and then she tries to kick her, and then Rubarimor grabs the leg. Hola. <laughs> Just tosses her like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> it's so stupid. Welcome back, Dylan. You're always a rebellious Pisces, proving your rebellious behavior. <laughs> it's like, a, I knew it was you who has a communication with Mongolia and who would have known about a person named Leo. <laughs> Very well done. Impressive. You figured it out. Now I'm going to join knocking those halos out of your head. But you're an angel. I don't take orders from a speaker bus anymore. And the angel's like, well, your bus sucks. And they did the Chinese angel pose. I was like, ah, the kicking pose. That gives me nostalgia. But back in my day, we used guns. And the fucking close of her with the fucking guns and shoots them away. And they all flying slowly like a pool from the sea. They're all conveniently shot in the chest as well. Yeah. She's like, sorry, Charlie. And she's like, and then I told Billy that this is one of my favorite scenes from the movie, too. The monologue with Demi Moore and Charlie. Oh, when she goes to the office. To the office. She's like, good evening, good evening, Charlie. Oh, I love the new office. Where are the angels? Should you can find other three people to work for you, to die for you? Moseka, you never have problems with that, Charlie. We're a family medicine. Angels forever. I was like, I know the pitch, Charlie. I was like, after you went rogue on the Desero case, you put your fellow angels in danger. You were wounded so bad. I was like, uh, you know that being an angel was keeping me away from my destiny, says Madison. I was like, uh, your destiny is not written, Madison. Don't do this hurting innocent people. It's not the answer. There must be something, must be something in you that's still good. I was never good. I was and then she shoots crazy. the speaker box. No. No. I'm like, emotional damage. <laughs> it's really silly. But it's but fucking good. The heartbreak Demi is Moore, good. honestly, she... She ate that role. <laughs> she fully commits. Yes. So it does work, but on paper, this should not work at all. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the angels are still alive. And they they resolve the Robert Patrick phone call that the sale for the list is going to happen at the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So we yeah, through a the, lot of key words. Of Ferrastare, the galaxy, hope. Yeah, because Natalie figures it out. As she, this is just her thing. And what happens is... We go to the premiere. They go to Jason's premiere. What happens is... It's, it's happening concurrently as well. So Bosley's mother and uh, Shia LaBeouf are there. Bosley is there. The angels arrange... You know, they're getting arranged on the roof is where the meeting is being held. And then it's, you're under arrest for uh, conspiracy to cause violence. Because it turns out, all three of them, Mission Impossible, mask. They were all dressed as henchmen for Demi Moore, and Demi Moore didn't notice. And Demi Moore, she's like, on the top of the El Capitan Theater. She's like, oh, wow. The Kleinhardt Gambit, classic, but it's still effective. And she's like... We don't use that thing anymore until I got three in the chest. And she, they're like, in the DeSoto case, we know. <laughs> I was like, uh, and then we see uh, uh, Seamus, he walks in. I was like, I recognize that ass everywhere. <laughs> and then they start this shootout. 
and they all start to fight, but then the Tin Man shows up, but he goes and say and go and saves Dylan and grabs Dylan and they kiss. And, and I was just like, I was like ah! shaking my head, just and I just went, okay, whatever. This was my Raylo before Raylo. Yeah, I was I was just like, okay, whatever. Um, but the Tin Man grabs part of Dylan's hair, but Dylan grabs part of his hair, and he she's doing the same, and uh, he's about to say something reluctantly. He's about to say something, but. Pretty sure J.J. Abrams stole from this movie. He immediately, they killed the Tin Man. But it's okay, because he grabs him down and kills him as mm. well. And so... Well, Thin Man got stabbed and then was thrown off the the El Capitan roof. And Dylan throws uh, throws Seamus, Seamus, and so technically Seamus got stabbed by the... With the lighter as well. Mm. Or didn't she have the, the lighter to her fingers? Yes, so she got the lighter back. Yeah, she got the lighter back. Mm-hmm. And so... And then we get into a Madison. She oh she all of a sudden her jacket her dress opens up kind of like a, some wings. It's just like a the premiere is gonna be a blast. And then she acted some bombs and then she flies away like a damn squirrel. <laughs> and, then she, and then they all chase her in the uh, in the air with a lot of like um like one of those like light wires like those light bulbs. I was like a. Bosley, activate Plan B! And Bosley's like, it's raining white women! Plan B is for Plan Bosley! And then they knock the, the the explosion out of the premiere. And Jules like, wow, they went out on, the, on this one. <laughs> the budget on this movie. Yeah, because people they think that it's um that's fireworks. And but that is part of the premiere. Yes. And then Bosley's like, get that bitch! Get that bitch! <laughs> And me, as someone that knows traffic in L.A., I love how Drew Barrymore got in less than 30 seconds from a Capitan Theater to Broadway and 7 in downtown. Also, the how streets were not as crowded traffic. as they should have been. Mm-hmm. But what does happen is, while well, during this car chase, we get a terrible cover of uh, the Elton John song, you know, Saturday Night is Alright. Um, it's by Nickelback and Kid, Kid Rock. No thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what I will say thank you to is it's in an abandoned theater. Ah, yes, the final scene. The final fight. And, and, then, and it then is Demi Moore, Moore facing and, uh, and Natalie. Cameron Diaz. Because the other two were, uh, Alex and Dylan were knocked off or at various mm-hmm. points. Out of, the, out of the car. Out of the car at various points. And then we get hand to hand and Madison very clearly has the upper hand because she knows every trick in the book. She wrote the book. Yeah, and so I was like, yeah, because Madison's like, a kill or be killed. Exciting, isn't it? No, Madison, I'm nothing like you, says Natalie. I was like, and what's that? I was like, uh, I have something that you would never have, friends. And then Lucy Lou and Drew Barrymore showed up and they kill her ass. And then Demi Moore, she's not like about to like, uh, like to, to impose to kill, to kill them. And then and Demi Moore's like, enjoy heaven. And Natalie, go to hell and then she's trying to reach her guns but then they kick her ass and she goes through the set stage and she while she's while she's like fucking she was like ah! and then she breaks the gas line and because she, she fired her gun so she just congratulations she you gun. played yourself and then we get the dumbest line in this entire movie when alex just goes she is so fired, <laughs> so fired. but what makes it work 
I mean, it's a dumb line, but what makes it work is that they all look at yeah. each other and just laugh and are like, did you really like, did yeah. you really just say that? <laughs> yeah. And then they go and they go to the and premiere. They, and this is one of my favorite parts because this song, I will always associate it with this movie. I just want to be your everything by Andy Gibb. I, it's one of my favorite songs of all time. And then we see that Max is now a Bosley now. And then we see that Jason goes with, goes with Alex. I was like, I was just like a time out is out, baby. We're back in the game. And then, as well as, oh, it took all three of us to take her, to take her down. Her? Yeah. Who's a woman this time? John Cleese was like, Ferret. Because uh, Ferret is uh, the nickname that, she, mm. that, her childhood nickname. And then we get that Dylan is looking from afar, is looking Natalie and Pete. And then Peter's like, I wanted to ask. And there's like a little case and everything. And you think, oh, he's going to propose. And it's way too fast, but. Opens the box. Natalie opens the box and he's attacked for a puppy. Spike. I was like, oh, you got a puppy? I was like, I know you already got him. I know it's too fast. I was like, she's like, yes. And then then it's just like, she thinks that she's a ring. She's like, oh, crap. And then Dylan, I was like, Natalie is like a. Oh, I was like, uh, we're getting a puppy. And she's like, oh my God. And I was like, uh, so you're not leaving. No, this is my life. And they all went, they all joined in. I was like, uh, this is our family. See, they did it first, fucking Fast and Furious. This is, uh, this is family. And they all. If Fast and Furious doesn't end with the premiere of them seeing their life story. And we get a whole family group hug at the end. Trademark. Trademark and then Universal. follow in the credits. Okay, and and then in the credits, we get the traditional Toretto family barbecue because you have to at that point. But with Corona, not Bud Light. For the love of God, if they do that ever again, I will punch Vin Diesel in the face. I do not care if he will break every bone in my body. Universal sent us a check. We already pitched the ending. (laughs) Yeah, but that's Charlie's Angels full throttle. And then during the credits as well, it's... uh, Any way you want it by Journey. It is any way you want it by Journey, mm-hmm. and Melissa McCarthy po- uh, pops up again yeah. as a cameo, and we just see various bloopers. And they had a blast filming this mm-hmm. movie. You can tell everybody was just having a great time, having fun. Just have it's it has this feeling of fun, mm-hmm. like like last week with uh, Mask of Zorro. It just had a feeling of fun, but it's way sillier than everything. And I'm gonna sound like an old man. They don't make movies like this anymore. I guess that's just gonna be the uh, tagline for every week. At least for this month. And I gotta say I do... I admire how the second movie just how crazy it got. For me, it got a little too crazy at some points. That said, I don't regret having watched it and unlike the legend of zorro i think it is a much better well it's a much better movie than legend of zorro yes it's it's not one of those movies where it's going to be one and done i'll rewatch uh full throttle like if i'm in a crazy mood or if i just want nonsense i i sometimes like like every four or five months <laughs> it's like got the digital copy I always like to watch the last 20 minutes of this movie. Since the observatory all the way to the end. I love those last 20 minutes of the movie. So much. But 
I know maybe it's nostalgia because I saw these movies in the theater. But I'm like, for me, these movies are fun. I love them. I care about the characters. Yes, the the action in the faces doesn't make any sense, but that's Fast and Furious too. Yeah, but at least, and that's the thing that I was talking with Billy, at least in these two movies, I care about the characters. In Fast and Furious, I don't give a crap about any of them. So, yeah, because there's way too many damn characters. That's why. Well, that too. But, like, for me, if I will give it a rating, Charlie's Angels 1 is a 9. Full Throttle is an 11. I fucking love this movie. I fucking love Full Throttle more than the original. What about you? What about yeah, you? Yeah, of course you would say that. Um, I'm going to give first Charlie's Angels, which is just so much fun. Mm. And it's so sincere. And it's quite a debut for Mick G mm-hmm. as well. I'm going to give it an eight and a half. Mm-hmm. And then for Full Throttle... I'm going to give it slightly lower. I'll give it a 7. Okay. I'll be generous. That's good. That's good. It's not quite as amazing as you make it out to be, but it's not, and as a movie, terrible, <laughs> because it's a very generic plot. Mm. But I had a great time with these movies. I had a... It just made me wish that movies just didn't take themselves too seriously. Yeah. I mean, some stuff you should, but others, it's like, for an IP like Charlie's Angels, this is really the only tone that you could have went with that makes sense, because they tried to do something different with, uh, uh, Elizabeth Banks tried to do something different. You hear that, Elizabeth She tried to do something different with it, and I admire her for trying, but it did not end up going the way that you wanted it to go. And that's why there will probably never be another Charlie's Angels movie no. ever again. Maybe like 30 years. Or TV show, because they tried doing it in another TV show as well. Like three times, I think. Um, once, I believe. I I know that they did it also again like two years ago, too. Well, they tried. And that's what counts, is that they at least tried, but... Yeah, it did not end up well. Okay, so for TV, the original Charlie's Angels lasted five seasons, and then there was the reboot, which only lasted two months. Wow. Even though it was made by the showrunners of Smallville, which that's interesting. Yeah, and it had Minka Kelly, who I always remember from uh, Friday Night Lights. But it's got to be pretty bad if it's going to get canceled that quickly. Doesn't matter uh dylan alex and natalie for me cameron diaz drew barrymore lucy Liu. those are my charlie's angels thank you i love saying hearing that for me they're also my angels and i love this fucking movie so much i love them so much and so but as always you can find me at robert rdc on twitter instagram and on letterbox please also follow the podcast on sbns pod on twitter and also please give us a nice review on apple spotify uh google and the other ones in you billy yeah um and before i say my plugs i will say what our next week is gonna be i guess this is just the thing where i just say what we're gonna do next week so we're gonna go into legit comedy this time we're gonna do a trilogy we're gonna do the rush hour movies before rush hour four if it ever gets made but it's gonna be terrible once it does happen so uh if it happens but what we do have is three Rush Hour movies varying from good to just not good. And 
we'll, we have a lot to say about that one. I like Rush Hour 3, so that's going to be interesting. I think Rush Hour 3 is terrible, so... Ooh. Maybe, I, maybe it'll change on a rewatch. But until then, you can follow me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Master of Puns 196. Every word starts with a capital letter. You can also follow me on Instagram at Billy Batson's Lightning. Nothing is capitalized. And once again, you can follow our Twitter at SYNS Pod, as well as give us a five star and just write a review on Apple Podcasts. We would really appreciate if somebody did that. And also listen to us on Google, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, wherever podcasts are listened to. And as always, see you next summer. Angels. Dun, 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 dun.